This is Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment. I'm Kevin Hart, and this is the next episode in our State of the Arts series. I'm joined once again by Gus Gordon. How are you doing? Kevin, I'm doing great. How are you, sir? I am doing pretty good. One of my... Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. One of my favorite movies, (laughs) Back to the Future, is being turned into a music. It has already been turned into a musical, um, and it was put on hold because of uh, COVID-19, but now they are um, mounting the new production in London. Uh, We talked last week about the Sleepless in Seattle musical, but now they're doing Back to the Future, and they're putting that up as a live show, so... You know, it's really interesting. I wonder if we're going to get um, maybe maybe that start sleepless in Seattle started a trend and they're like, hey, if we can do these socially distant sort of shows, even if they're recording them, I don't know exactly what they're doing, but maybe they're going to keep right. Start doing more more shows. You know, as I understand it with Back to the Future, um, they actually opened in February and um, they were in a preview, I think, in Manchester um and so they had several performances already under their belt when they had to shut things down. Yeah. But they're going to be moving it to the West End, and I think it's May of 2021. So I think they're just making an announcement several months early um, with the hopes of remounting the whole production and getting their same cast back together and then bringing it into the West End, which would be the equivalent of our Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, Manchester would be kind of like an out of town city like Chicago, I would imagine. Right. And, um, but it, it looks very interesting and in the reaction that I've seen online is largely positive. Um, It looks like a very strong recreation of the movie, uh, down to the the costumes and the characters, hairstyles, uh, you know, the Crispin Glover character, um, his, his, he has the, you know, the shaved, um, Oh, sideburns like he did in the movie in the, yeah. in the hair that kind of flops over. And the guy playing Marty McFly looks just like Michael J. Fox. And they have an American oh. actor named Roger Bart oh, yeah. who's playing the Christopher Lloyd role of and Doc he, Brown. And he's great in, and, uh, in The Producers and a couple yeah, other shows. Yeah, he was super. Yeah, so. He also played um, the lead in Young Frankenstein. He was yep. Frederick. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Frederick von Frankenstein. And... Um, you know, so he has a kind of a history of playing an iconic part. But, you know, when I was watching some of the videos that are out there, and they, they've done a lot of original content that's online that you can see, it seems a little bit to me like it's just too close to the movie. It's almost like you're watching the whole movie recreated down to every detail on stage. And while I know there's, a, there's an audience that will please, it just to me it kind of looks like, well... Roger Bart's great, but Christopher Lloyd defined the role. Yeah. And same thing with, you know, um, Michael J. Fox. It's like this guy looks great in the part, but how can you be better than Michael J. Fox? That's that's an awfully big um, obstacle to get around, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, I'm, I'm one of the people, because I love Back to the Future, that, you know, I love that they are doing it so close to the movie. But I do agree that there are some things, especially when movies are turned into musicals or vice versa, that when you put something on the stage, it doesn't, or something, I should say, in a movie doesn't exactly translate to the stage super well. So, right. uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they do I mean, I assume there will be some sort of projected background with um you know when they're time traveling and stuff but uh yeah, oh yeah it'll be interesting yeah. to well apparently technically it's really a spectacular production 
And, of course, they have the DeLorean live on stage, and I, mm-hmm. I think there are some filmed elements to it, or at least some video backgrounds, things like that. Yeah, uh, It's just, you know, such an action science fiction kind of movie. It'll be really interesting to see how that experience translates to a stage production. But they're, they're able to do amazing things these days, so anything is possible. Yeah, I I guess so, yeah. And they, they are, you, know, you said they're doing original songs, but they are also, um, I heard a little bit of, they had a, released a trailer, they, they're also doing songs like The Power of Love, I'm sure they'll, right. I'm sure, right. I'm, I'm sure Johnny B. Good will be a big, like, giant number in the, you know, oh, in sure. the gym, so yeah, that'll be, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited, I, I love that movie, but, um, you know, we'll see. Well, you know, remember Shrek the Musical? Yeah. When they put that on stage? Mm-hmm. Um, as I understand it. When it was out of town in previews, I think it was in Washington State, I think, um, they didn't have that, the, um, oh, I'm a believer in yeah. the finale. Oh, yeah, that's right. They didn't. Now, they... That, now, I might be wrong in this, but I believe this is what I remember. Um, and then the audiences were so distressed that that song wasn't in it, the producers finally said, well, we have to put it in it. They're expecting it. It has to be in there. Yeah. So they were trying to be their own kind of thing on stage but they had to they really had to give the audience what they looked for same thing with the adams family yeah uh, when the adams family was in previews in chicago they didn't have the the snap snap yet yeah and audiences wanted that da, 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 da. you know they wanted mm-hmm. that that music in there and they didn't have the whole song but they had just a sampling of it that you know the audience applauded the moment that you heard it oh yeah so, yeah, it's like the Wizard of Oz on stage. There are certain things that have to happen for the audience to feel like they've got their money's worth. Yeah, there was there was a similar thing. Yeah, because that is about I think what happened with Shrek. I I remember uh, reading somewhere that yeah they I think they might have even played it over the like sound system like they played the song like as they were bowing right. or something but then yeah they they eventually you know put it in as the finale and they did something similar uh in the 90s i read with greece because when that toured i mean there were a lot of changes yeah. to it but they did like the original original stage version with none of the songs from the movie and when it went on tour they started um they added hopelessly devoted to the very end of it um that sandy sings so you right know, that was you know well, those things happen. People expect that. You know, the, yeah. the movie became so much more popular than the stage show. And the stage show was popular. Yeah. Um, but the movie took it to a whole other level. And they had, you know, Sandy, the song that John Travolta sang, mm-hmm. um, You're the One That I Want, Hopelessly Devoted to You, um, all those songs that they, they people would come see the stage show at high schools and community theaters and then feel cheated that their favorite song wasn't wasn't in this production yeah so you're right when they did the 90s production they added all those in they had to you know work the rights around and the people who wrote the original score were not the people who wrote the new songs for the movie no they weren't and they were really resistant about having these new songs by someone else stuffed into their show yeah and and i'll be honest i love the original score to greece the um the before the movie i think it's um it's the album is like a you know grungy like you know easy to listen to album and i do think the songs are good and they fit very well but yeah i mean those movie songs are iconic and you know people people expect to hear them so you know that is one of those yep. things uh and you you can have your your um your standards or you can have lots of cash in the bank so well, you know <laughs> so i think yeah. a lot of these authors say i hate this i hate this i hate this but i love that money yeah you know so stick that song in and give me lots of cash <laughs> yeah uh there isn't <laughs> 
There's there's another bit of a you know speaking a bit of licensing there was a bit of a a bit of news uh, recently about the musical Hairspray which originally um, right it's a show that I think a lot of people have seen but if they haven't um, it takes place during um, in the '60s during the civil rights era and there mm-hmm. there's a lot of the plot centers around race relations and um, there are certain characters that because of that have to be black or they have to be white and you know there are some I guess loopholes in the script where they're like well as long as you don't you know paint your face you know and it's like but then they came out recently and they said no you have to cast this as it's written which you know right. as we, we were talking even a little bit off air is like that seems like a no-brainer for a show like that. Of course. Well, it, it, you know, when that when that uh, conversation started again over the summer about Hairspray specifically, um, the, the composer and lyricist uh, Mark Shaman and Scott, gosh, I can't remember Scott's last name right now, uh, but Whitman, I think, um, they, you know, there had been productions at junior highs and high schools and community theaters that um, didn't have a diverse company of actors, and so they went ahead and did the show anyway. And then finally, the, the author said, no, you, if you don't have the performers who fit the roles as written, then don't do the show, right. which is common sense for most thinking people. But, um, you know, apparently a lot of these schools just said, well, yeah, um, I, don't, I don't have the right cast members to do this, so, but we're going to do it anyway and just rewrite the script. You really can't do that, and yeah. especially with something as sensitive as that is right now, yeah. and always and always should be. Um, you just got to do the right thing, and I'm I'm really glad that they came forward and made that statement that you can't do this show uh, any other way than as written because it it, it def- defeats the whole purpose if you don't. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's, because, yeah, the musical is more than, um, you know, oh, well, we love the songs in it, and, you know, it's a lot of fun. Right. It's like, it's like, yeah, but, you know, the, you know the, that, that message is still there anyways, and you can't just say, well, you know, I just want to do whatever. No, it, it, yeah, it it is an important, you know, being a piece of, it is a piece of art, it's important, it has to, you know, not everything makes you feel comfortable, and, you know, that is, you know, that's a, another thing that makes, you know, the show is great as it is perceived by a lot of people because it's um it is very strong in that message right um, well it has great music it's a funny book but more than that it's it's an issue that is still as relevant today as it was when the show was written in the early 2000s and when the, the show was set in the 60s um unfortunately it's still so relevant and yeah. um the message is what what gives it the heart and that's that's what takes a good show and elevates it to a great show. And um, I, I applaud them for keeping it true and um, taking taking the option for some people who aren't as thoughtful about it just off the table. Yeah. Just do it the right way. And if you don't have the people to do it the right way, do something else. Do, do Bye Bye Birdie, do, yeah, whatever. Do, do literally like any other musical, you know, like right. the ninety. 90- Nine percent. Well, I mean, it's it's less than that. Not very much less. But yeah, do a do a Hello Dolly or a you know something. I don't know. Right. But, right. Yeah, yeah. Um. You know, and those are both good shows. But you know, just yeah. But um. Exactly. Yeah. The. Exactly. Uh, but another thing I wanted to talk about is um another thing is that when shows can come back um in full or very close to full 
capacity. There were these new right. guidelines that have been set out that um are basically saying, you know, no more stage door hand, you know, shaking, greeting people um, after the show. And, um, you know, I haven't been to a whole lot of, uh, you know, touring shows. I've been to New York sure. once, but I mean, you know, the majority of the shows that I've been in or seen have been, you know, here in central Illinois. And, you know, it's always, you know, you want to go out after the show and see everybody and see your friends and talk to people. And it seems, you know, right. it, it seems really you know, I mean, I guess in terms of health and safety, it's a very, nowadays it's probably more common sense things. Okay, you know, you don't want to have like hundreds of people gathered in one spot, but, you know, it is one of those things that we are so used to and look forward to seeing at the, you know, once a show gets over, we get to see everybody. I wonder, you know, how long that's going to last or if that's going to be just one of the new normals that we can't uh, do stage door greeting at the end of a show. I think that's probably going to... um be that way for the first months when we start doing shows again. But I think that will go away with time. Um, that is such a time-honored tradition, and it's half the fun, especially at the local level. Yeah. At the professional level, it's turned into something completely different than the way it used to be. In the old days, there used to be a handful of people waiting for the star's autograph. Now it is such a, a huge thing, at least in New York and with the touring shows in big cities, that they're, you know, they have police barricades and the actors have to try to sign their way through the, the gauntlet to get to their cars to get home. Yeah. And I think, I think there's been a shift in how fans react and fans think it's almost their right to have an autograph after a show <laughs> and that the actors somehow owe it to them oh, yeah. and that they have to have a personal conversation and a personal connection from the performer's side. I mean, that, they want to they want to treat their fans well they want to connect with their fans but these people have limited time to go and have dinner mm-hmm. to go let their dog out you know to go mm-hmm. kiss their babies or whatever yeah. and get back to the the evening show um and then more importantly and th- this happened in springfield years ago um betty buckley who's a professional uh, performer mm-hmm. broadway movies tv she was the mm-hmm. uh, basketball coach in carrie Mm-hmm. Um, or the coach in Carrie, of uh, the movie, uh, Stephen King movie. But anyway, she was here in town performing a concert, and afterwards she would sign autographs, but she had her own pen, and she wouldn't shake hands. And at the time you kind of thought, well, that's kind of aloof, that's kind of standoffish, but yeah. she has to sing every night of her life, and how how much are we transferring germs when we shake hands, when you hug strangers, Um you know, when you're talking right in their face. So I don't think it's a bad thing that that maybe changes because with an actor who has to do eight performances a week to, to chance your, you know, your livelihood like that, to put yourself in a, in a way that you could easily get a cold or the flu. Uh, I mean, forget COVID for a minute. If an actor who performs in a musical, you know, one of the heavy singing musicals eight times a week, loses their voice because they got a cold from some, you know, little kid from Iowa, that that's going to hurt their livelihood and their career. Yeah. So I, but you know, and then the internet on the other side, then the internet, they get online saying, well, this person, you know, is sick all the time. What's wrong with them? They're not very good. Well, it's because they've been exposed to all these germs from people. It's, I don't know. It's, it's gotten out of hand in many ways. And, um, 
it might be time for a little reset with that kind of after show thing, at least at the professional level. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a good conversation and I certainly don't have the answers. And I know locally people want to see their friends and family after a show. That's the most important thing, but at least in that way, it's not an obligation. You know, it's, it's something you do because you want to do it. Yeah. And you don't feel like you have to, or people will get mad at you. But, um, yeah, it's, it's something to consider. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, as with some of the other, uh, guidelines that are put out i think we'll see um we'll see how those go um you know eventually when theaters are able to open up again which you know people talk about oh the vaccine will be ready this 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 it's like you know whenever (laughs) whenever that you know mass produced widely available tested vaccine is available i think that may you know that so it'll be a while i'm guessing but you know i had a conversation with a woman who called at the hoagland earlier today and we were chatting back and forth and we talked about the vaccine and how we really needed that to be available um, and effective before we could fully reopen with most of the venues locally. Um, And we we both kind of joked a little bit saying, well, you know, I will take the vaccine when it's available, but I don't think I'll be the first one in line. Right. I think I'll be about the 90th in line or, (laughs) you know, maybe a month later after we know what the side effects are and, Um, Because it's all happening so fast, and even though many of the pharmaceutical companies are signing contracts saying, hey, we're doing this the right way, we're not rushing this without being safe. um, Check for the fingers behind their back. Yeah, I'm I'm kidding. Right, exactly. So I will most definitely take the vaccine when it's available, but I might wait just to see a little bit. I don't know. You know, we're we're all kind of. Um, up in the air right now, and you know we're we're also desperate to get back to normal. But if you if you force it, you might. I, I think it should happen naturally and in a safe way, as opposed to taking something before you know it's safe and before you know it's ready. And I, I don't think we'll be in that position, but um, it still is a little scary when you read some of the things out there. Yeah. So we'll definitely. Uh, yeah. So we, you know. In the future, when it's when everything's ready and we can we can uh, go back to theater, and then that'll be great. Um, so, looking ahead yeah. though, with uh, theater, and uh, I want to touch on theater locally as well. Um, there, there was a call put out by Theater in the Park uh, for next summer. Um, when you know, looking forward, hopefully that's sure. you know we'll have the theater by then. Um, they are looking for somebody to direct a children's show. So if anybody listening or watching um, is uh, interested in directing and has not or wants to direct again and uh, sees that there is uh, this option for a children's show, uh, it might be something to look yeah. at. You might want to you know say, hey, I've never done this before, but I've done some shows and I you know just right. you know or you know see what. You know, if somebody wants to put a staff together or something, I mean, I think that'd be great. You know, I, I think I think that's great. Um, I think that's a smart time to, you know, to a reasonable time for us to think we can get back to normal by next summer. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of the local groups, the, the Legacy, the Muni, have already cast their summer shows for the 2020 season that they're planning on doing in the 2021 season. And yep. I think Theater in the Park has postponed most of their shows from this year until next year. But you know, there's going to be a few changes here and there. Oh, yeah. A few people will have moved out of town or are no longer available, um, maybe no longer fit the part that they were cast in for whatever reason. 
Um, there will probably be a few changes to what was planned for this summer, but I think for the most part, people are <clears throat> pardon me. Are you good? People are sticking to uh, what was planned. Yeah. So that should be so that yeah, I, so that should be good, and that should be um, yeah. I think that will be definitely what people are looking at for for next summer. There, yeah. So um, yeah. and then also, what is the uh, and then also, I mean, coming up um, are two performances that will be filmed both right. in the Hoagland. Um, the first one being the, uh, the show you're producing, the Songs for a New World, and as well as Spirit of right. Lincoln, which is STC, also uh, resident of the Hoagland. Uh, they are doing exactly. as directed by um, Hope Sherry. Springfield Theater Center. Um, you know, both are still in rehearsal mm-hmm. and haven't been taped yet. But once they're taped, I think show dates will be announced. So everyone, again, we don't have any real new news to share. Everyone's just being cautious and optimistic. And um, these will be streamed shows so we just want to you know get them in the can and then then we'll sell tickets for them but things are going well and uh, they sound great in both senses so we're, we're hopeful that this is a little taste of, of local theater that will not replace anything but be kind of nice to have in the short term yes absolutely looking forward to both of those shows i'm very excited uh, Gus, uh, I think we are um, we're just about we're just about done here. So, how can people uh, follow the different uh, productions? Um, I know Theater in the Park has a Facebook page. Hoagland and STC both have uh, their Facebook pages as well. And, sure, and sure. many of the local theaters, uh, you know, Muni Legacy. I mean, you can follow all them on their uh, Facebook pages right. to uh, see updates on what's happening next summer uh, and what's and in this case. Uh, couple of these shows that are will be streaming pretty soon yeah exactly i think that's the best way to check out those are updated as soon as there's new information so i i think that would be the best way to look things out or you know go <clears throat> pardon me kevin i'm losing my voice again you're okay you're good um yeah i think uh, go to the websites go to the facebook pages all right sounds good gus thank you so much once again for doing this with me and we will do this again next week kevin sounds good Thank you.